Okay, we're going to start first of all by acknowledging all those people who asked me uh, where was the weekly share last week and this week. So just thank you for all those who, who notice and who follow weekly. I was in Israel for a week and there wasn't even a parsha, so I didn't feel like I missed uh, my, my weekly parsha uh, lesson. And then this week again, traveling or whatever. But uh, yeah, definitely feels good to know that people out there are listening and benefiting from these classes. Thank you for all those who commented by email, by phone, by uh, people that I met in the street and asked me, you know, how come we didn't hear from you? So I'm going to start with a nice word in Parsha Sazini. Actually, they, the, the same word is brought down from quite a lot of tzaddikim. They will bring the same idea that the uh, Ibishta made a shikha. The Ibishta made something called forgetfulness, right? We all forget things. Um, sometimes we forget the wrong things. And, and that's when it becomes a problem. The Ibishta made it, we should be able to forget things so that we can go on in life. If somebody would never forget um, that, you know, sooner or later he's not going to be here anymore, he'd become very depressed from it. He wouldn't be able to function, he wouldn't be able to go on. If somebody wouldn't forget what somebody else did to him. For example, you would never be able to get over the, the pain and the hurt feelings and really forgive. Somebody wouldn't be able to forget a loss that he had, somebody was nifter, he would never be able to function properly. So the made that people should forget. In the meantime, unfortunately, we misuse this matuna and we start forgetting things that we shouldn't be forgetting. We start forgetting about Hashem, we start forgetting about why we came to this world, what we're really supposed to be accomplishing, what the important things in life are. We forget other things. He said, see, Lord, we should forget things, but in the meantime, you, you forgot Hashem. You used forgetfulness in the wrong way, and that's a, a big problem. The idea, well, aside from the fact that when it comes at home, in Shalom Bayes, we also tend to forget things sometimes, right? We forget things that are important to other people, not forget things that are important to us sometimes. And people get nervous with that. You know, how can you only forget when it's about me? You forget. Okay, we're all human. But what, what I think we can learn from this is that there are things that are that are qualities, are things that are virtues, are things that are, are good. And then each each things come each each one of these things come with it's a package deal. Right? For example, your spouse may have a certain quality. Certain quality they they're very um, giddy, very laughing, you know, very uh, taking things very lightly. Always always finding the humor in every situation. And so it's a quality. It's something that people could appreciate and say, wow, you know, nothing gets to him. Even the difficult situations he's always upbeat. Beautiful, right? And that's how that people look at it negatively. Say, you know, yeah, but he doesn't take things seriously. He's not so responsible, not accountable, doesn't understand really what's important. Huh? He laughs things off when they're really important and, and he doesn't uh, take deadlines seriously. He doesn't realize the consequences and all that. Every, everything's a package deal. Now, of course, when it comes to ourselves, we should always tr- be trying to take out the right parts of each quality. Right? You want to be somebody who takes things lightly? Okay, take the right things lightly. Know when to take things seriously. But sometimes, when it comes to someone else, you see somebody has a certain... Character, a certain uh, um, character trait, certain characteristic in their personality, and it irks you and bothers you. Why is that person so loud? Why is that person so quiet? Why is this person so popular, such an extrovert? Why is that person such an introvert? It's always a package deal. Each one of these things, each one of any um, um, character trait someone has, could always be looked at two ways. It could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing. In other words, there are times that it's a quality, and there are times that it's like a problem. And it's up to you how you want to see it. You could look at someone and say, you know, this person's so stingy. It's terrible. Well, yeah, I know I understand it's terrible, and it could uh, be cause of a lot of frustration, a lot of financial stress, but at the same time, you know, there's a quality to it. You know, there are a lot of people that are in debt because they're busy splurging without a cheshm, and your spouse is stingy, and, and you never fell into debt because of it. Now, sometimes you want to say, well, I'm, 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 my spouse is stingy, and we're in debt. I understand. But very often, you can see the good in something. 
And there's something that I think is very important. You know, there's the famous words of the Tefillah of the Heidegger Ramaylech, who writes, Shanira Kalechel Malas Chabarani Velech Asroinam. Well, the push-up shot is we should see somebody's qualities and we shouldn't focus on the negative uh, parts, right? But sometimes it's in the quality itself. We should see the malas chavarayni, the good part of the mala of our friend, and not the chasurin that comes along with it. And this is something that I find a lot of times people are complaining about somebody else's nature or personality or a certain, uh, a certain um, um, tendency they have without realizing that this tendency is a big quality. And if they wouldn't have this tendency, you'd be struggling in other places. So enjoy the benefits and see the good in it. I think this is a um, somewhat of an introduction to two questions that I got. Coming from two different angles, one from a husband, one from a wife. I, I, I have reason to think that it's not the same couple, but it might be. <laughs> but I, I know that it's not. Um, so these are actually two questions that people left messages. It wasn't by email, but I just wrote down almost word for word the way it was uh, said to me. So the first one is from a, a young man who writes like this. From when I was a young bachar in yeshiva, I was always the one doing, helping, and making things happen. This is what I like to do, it makes me feel good, and people appreciate it. Now that I'm married, I still find myself being involved in all kinds of projects and campaigns. My wife sees this as, be, as me being more interested in other people than in her, and constantly holds me accountable of this. I believe that I do help at home, and I try to make myself available for the family as much as is needed, and is normal. How do I explain to her that this has nothing to do with her, it's simply who I am, and not a lack of caring for her? Do I need to suppress suppress my tendency to be involved and to accomplish? That's his question. Okay? I'm a, I'm a guy that does things, I arrange things, I'm involved in things, and my wife um, can't handle it. She thinks that I'm too involved or too busy with other things and I shouldn't be. Now, a separate question was from a woman who left a message. Um, Thank you very much for your classes. I listen to them and enjoy them and benefit from them. I've heard you mention a few times that when a wife is unhappy about her husband being social and outgoing and busy with other people, it's really just jealousy and not because he's doing something necessarily wrong. By me, I can clearly say that that's the case. I know it, and I knew it in the past. I'm lonely, and I don't have who to talk to, and I wait home all day for someone to talk to. In the meantime, my husband is busy with everyone else and literally just does a mitzvah by talking to me. I know I can't have big complaints about the fact that he's busy with other people and has a lot of friends, but it's very hard to live with someone who doesn't need me and does a mitzvah talking to me, and he knows exactly how many minutes he spent talking to me. It's so much more comfortable to live with someone who needs me and likes like I need him. I was the nebbiest girl in school, and here I married the most successful and popular boy who everyone needs, and I'm left living in his shadow. There's both feelings of jealousy and inferiority, living with somebody who is much more than me. I can't say that he makes me feel this way, but I definitely live with an inferiority complex about him not needing me. I'd appreciate it if you can give me some clarity and help me with this. So here you go. This woman is saying that my husband is this popular guy who everyone likes, he's busy with everyone, and I'm very lonely, I'm not like that at all, and I was hoping at least that's what it sounds like, you know, I'll get married, and I'll be out of school, and, and away from all my um, pressure about making friends maybe, and, and I finally have somebody who, who's with me, right? And very often that's what people assume actually before they get married, it's, you know, now it's, it's me and you, that's it, we're stuck, you don't have a choice, right? So I, if I had a problem making friends in the past, at least now I'm good, but, but in the meantime it's not that way, you know, I'm left feeling like he's more than me, doesn't need me, and I need him, and it's not comfortable. Now, um, th- there's more to this topic than, the, than just the idea of jealousy. There's more to it. Um, but like she mentioned, I, I often mention the idea of jealousy. And I'll say why. 
there is an idea of balancing, making sure you have enough time for your spouse, making sure you have enough time at home, making sure you're helping out, making sure you're not putting other people first and your family second. There's, there's a lot of that to discuss. A lot. And whoever's listening to this, whoever asks such questions, whoever finds themselves in such a situation, should definitely do some calculation, some math, and um, try to figure it out. Is it true? Am I putting other people first? Am I not available at home? I mean, the Yaman mentioned that he does think he's available at home, but am I or am I not? Nobody can make that calculation for you. Your wife may always think it's not enough, and you may always think it's enough, but it comes down to it, some introspection. Am I there for my family? Am I not there for my family? Is it a time? Am I doing something wrong, or is it not? That, that's just something you have to think about. So before we even start this whole discussion, that's, that's, that's a given, that um, giving some time for your spouse, like a mitzvah, or just barely um, doing what has to happen, and then running off to your friends, is, is not acceptable. It's just, this is part of being a mensch, and part of being committed to a relationship. Not a question. But then there's a part that I often try to um, communicate and have people understand. That's, that's what I call jealousy. And before I go on, I, w- I want to be clear. This has nothing to do with, with husband and wife. It's not always the husband. In this case, in, in, in both questions, both situations, the husband and the wife. The wife feeling more lonely and, and more um, um, la- lacking the social, uh, whatever you want to call it, and, and the husband much more popular. It doesn't have to be that way. It could be just the opposite. You could often have a husband who feels intimidated in Koyal, doesn't do well at a job, doesn't have a big social circle, and the wife is all over the place and running a gemach, and has a lot of friends, and, and going to reunions and making things happen. It could be the same way. Okay, so, so what happens sometimes is, subconsciously, there's a certain jealousy. I, I, I'm, I'm watching you be so successful, I'm watching you get things done, I'm watching you get all the attention, and here I am, like, I don't know, it's, it's very hard to live like that. Now, part of it is the feeling of, I'm living in your shadow. It's not comfortable to live like that, but part of it is a certain feeling of, it's very, I, I, the word jealousy doesn't sound like a nice word because it sounds like almost, you know, kitty, but it's not. We're all jealous people. We're all jealous of someone and we have to work on it, but at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, there's, a, there's a certain feeling about that. And that's definitely the, you know, more of what I wanted to address. I just meant to make clear that if it's not jealousy and it's technical and it's not reasonable and it's not the way it should be, then that's a whole separate discussion that obviously has to be balanced out in a healthy way. Um, now, very often, I would address a husband separately and a wife separately, and, and it's important that everyone hear what they have to hear. If you're listening to this and saying, oh, this is what my spouse has to hear, that's not the way, that's not, that's not what's going to help you. At the same time, sometimes it's important to hear both sides of the, of the discussion. Right? It's important to hear the way the husband communicates it. It's important to hear the way the wife communicates it. It's important to hear what I would suggest for the husband to do and what the wife should do. Not because you should tell your spouse, oh, now I know what you should be doing, but just to get the balance and understand these situations and how they work. So let me first address the husband. That's the first question. The husband, right? You're a popular guy, you're making things happen, you're, you're busy, and your wife seems to have an issue with it. So let me give you a few tips, a few, uh, some food for thought, and maybe this will be helpful for some people. So like I said, the first thing you want to do is do introspection, make sure you're doing the right thing. I'm just saying it again. But there's another part of introspection that I think people should be doing sometimes. What happens is sometimes you'll notice, for example, and there's this example, my wife is a very jealous type, right? She's very jealous of me. Or my wife is a very um, infraginish. She doesn't infraginish, she's not happy with my success. Forget about jealousy, she's not happy. Or she's just someone who likes to complain. And you could be right. Let's say you're picking up on these things in your spouse. It could be the same thing with a husband. You're right. My my wife is just, uh, has this chronic unhappiness. You're right. The fact that you notice that, but doesn't justify that you can now go ahead and take advantage of it, meaning you could do all the wrong things because she's anyway unhappy. Very often that's what happens. I'm not, I don't mean anything personal over here, but sometimes it's important to think about that. My wife is anyway unhappy, so why should I even bother? Why should I try to make her feel good? 
I hope at home that I do, because that's what I have to do to be a mensch. But why should I bother making her feel good or working on myself or figuring out how to do this right? She's anyway going to be unhappy. Don't take advantage of somebody else's um, shortcomings. Somebody else has a, a, a character flaw, and that, that doesn't make what you're doing less, less issue. It doesn't, it doesn't um, absolve you of trying to be the, uh, uh, the best person you could be and, and trying to make your spouse happy. So that's the first thing I want to mention. Sometimes you'll notice, yes, my wife is jealous. You're right. I, I, I realize that now. Well, that doesn't make a difference, really. Maybe it makes a difference for her to, uh, to notice it. It might even make a difference for you to know that you're not doing anything wrong necessarily. But it doesn't mean that because she has what to work on, that's why it must be you're doing the right thing or you don't have to do the right thing. That's, that's, the, first thing she, that's the first thing I want to mention. Another thing I want to mention is like this. Very often, of course, some of it is jealousy. Of course, some of it is just the fact that she's not happy with what you're doing. But sometimes it's how you're disregarding her in a certain way, which means by asking her in advance if she's okay with your being involved in something, giving her the notice in advance so she's not surprised by it and she doesn't feel that it was done in a way that totally didn't take her into account even though you didn't have to you didn't have to it wasn't on her time but you, you spoke about it you made her feel like you're, you care about it if she's okay with it and you're letting her give her input and you're giving a choice about it, when you should do it how you should do it if you should do it very often that will ease a lot of the tension very often when a wife is hearing oh so I was involved today in something or I told someone I'm going to have a meeting with him tomorrow it's very intimidating to know that somebody's doing things on their own and, and making things happen and, and it might add to the jealousy when someone feels so left out and so disregarded so that's, that's also an important thing there's another thing about it also how you, how you express these things you know, we teach children um, don't make someone jealous what do you mean I'm making them jealous no, I'm not making them jealous I just have a snack you know, he doesn't have one he's jealous there's something about how you you, know, you walk over to a kid who doesn't have a snack and, you, and you're eating it in his face and you're saying you know this is so good I, I always like this snack you're making them jealous now, it's, it might be his problem, but you might be contributing by how you're doing it. So, sometimes, a certain overconfidence, telling your wife, for example, you know what I did, this is what I do, and I'm going to do, and ah, I'm not afraid, you know, people that won't do so There's a certain arrogance, I don't want to call it arrogance, but sometimes it's a certain, you know, a certain um, way that you're expressing something by, by boasting a certain confidence that, that's more intimidating. As opposed to if you say, you know, I'm trying to make this work, or whatever, you say it in a certain a different tone, that alone might be less intimidating. As a matter of fact, if you tell your wife, I want to do it, I think it's the right thing, I don't know if I have the confidence. And she's the one that tells you, no, I think you'll make it work. Wow, thank you for helping me out with this. You gave me the confidence to do it. Oh, now she's not so intimidated by it anymore. So these are just small pointers to make it go over a little better. Um, then I'll go on to another point, which is, Controversial. People don't like when I say it, but those who listen to me long enough know that I've mentioned this in the past about different, different things. Not everything has to be shared. I found not everything has to be shared. There are things that when you share them, it, it's hurtful to someone. So if you're at work, for example, and you have an extra hour in your day, and use that hour to call people and make things happen and, and lend money to people and borrow money and, and arrange things, and when you repeat it at home, your wife feels like, oh, she so had an hour at work and you didn't give it to me, why are you busy with it? Maybe, maybe you don't have to share it. I don't know. Not everything has to be shared. Now the point is not to live your own life, and the point is not to get too private and, 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 and everything becomes a secret, but sometimes you don't, sometimes you, you could resist sharing something that is specifically challenging for someone. You know, so that's just another point to, to know when and where. Now, in the actual involvement that you have, all the accomplishment that you're doing, all the popularity that you have, I know it's a little different, the two questions, one was more about somebody um, being busy, one was more about being popular, but I'm just mentioning it together. By by involving your wife, and there's something I recently was able to help him out with. He was a very busy type, not one of these questioners, but a very busy type, and making things happen, and she felt very left out. So it wasn't just the jealousy 
or how it was being presented as much as you know, I'm not involved. Now, she didn't say that, but I felt that that was subconsciously part of the problem. And I, I guided him into involving her. I want to make this work. Could you help me with this and this part of it? Can you give me an idea how to do this? Having her be involved in it makes her part of it and not, and not intimidated by it. It's not, it's not as much a challenge anymore. Now she's part of it with you. And now you can give her a lot of credit for it, obviously. Now, after all that, well, first of all, let me just elaborate on that last point. When you give someone credit for it, which means you're specifically involving her, sometimes specifically to be able to give her credit for it, and then you make them feel very good, you know? It's all because you helped me with it, it's all because you gave me the, the ability to do it. It definitely goes very far. And if you're not comfortable saying it to her face, or she's not comfortable taking the compliment, write it down. This, comp- this, this project was accomplished with such success only because of you. It felt so good. There's something about having someone be involved and sharing in your success, not being intimidated by it. Okay. And that actually could be room for conversation and room for other things you know, to, get to, to bond and, and be involved together with. Now, aside from all that, you could, you could clarify very clearly, not by debating or getting too logical or getting into these uh, arguments and, and, and winning someone over, but you clarify that this is about me. It's about what I like to do. It's about what I always like to do. And I'm afraid that if I won't be able to do it, I don't know, I'll just wither away. It's just what I have to do. I once said a story about Panovich Chiruv. Some of Orbach said the story. I'll say Mamish Bekitsa because I want to elaborate on it, but his shver took him as an item. Um, his shver was a roof, I forgot the name. He took Panovich Chiruv as an item, Rabbi Yosef Kahneman, um, as a big time of In the meantime, in the Shev of already, when he took him into his shtut and he wanted to show him what an item of Tamachuchim he took, he was, he was looking at the item and the mikvi, he was checking out the shkit and he was like, oh, the Shev wasn't comfortable with that. And this, this new item, this Tamachuchim, Panav Shuv is a Tamachuchim, he told the Shev, listen, Shev, this is who I am. If you're going to lock me in a room with a bunch of surim, I'll probably just break the windows and jump out and go crazy. Let me do things my way and, and, and this is how I like to do things. Shavadam used to say that he, he, he assumes that the item and the Shev were both not comfortable with that conversation. Wasn't, wasn't what he wanted to hear. But sure enough, I'm sure he noticed, and later on in life, we all know what Panav Shuv accomplished. Hafla Feyla building yeshivas and, 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 and Tamidim and everything, building buildings and whatever, whatever he was doing. This is who he was. So it's good to clarify, not in, a, not in an argumentative way where somebody feels challenged by it and they have to agree to it and you bring proofs to it, but clarify here and there, you know. I just want to tell you, I, I'm not doing this Chas because I think I'm more than you or I'm not interested in you, it's just part of who I am. And just say it, and don't and don't don't make someone agree to it or understand it or prove it. Just just say it, say it. Let someone know that at least you feel that it's about you and not about not about her. And then there's another idea that doesn't have to do with your actual busyness. Use her. Aside from using her for for what you want to be busy with and making her feel good about that, use her. Very often, people don't realize that they they become too self sufficient. They become too self-motivated. Uh, they get everything accomplished on their own. And their wife is sitting there feeling unneeded. So aside from making her feel needed for all your big projects, use her. I'm sure your wife has a lot to offer you. And when you help someone um, feel needed, not in a tzduk away, but even if, even if your whole intention is just to make her feel good, she might feel a lot more relaxed and a lot less intimidated by, 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 by you um, rather than living with someone who's so self-sufficient and doesn't need me. I spoke about this recently in Satma, Satma Basmedosh, um, very much about making someone feel needed is the best thing you can do for them. In other words, taking from someone is the best thing you can give them. So this is also something that I feel a lot of times that somebody who's over-popular and over-successful and over-transformational um, and always knows the answers and always knows what he's doing, sometimes lacks that skill of knowing how to make someone feel very needed. So that's just my few tips that I want to give this husband. But let's go to the wife. She's, she's feeling intimidated and jealous over here. Now, the first thing that I want to say, and, and, and you know, not everyone likes to hear this, but 
if you're feeling the point that I bring out often, and you you correctly heard me talk about this in the past, um, is that if you feel jealous of someone, it doesn't mean they're doing something wrong. Now I know you didn't mean to say that he's doing something wrong. You specifically mentioned that he's not doing something wrong. But I mean to say that the point of me pointing out that it's jealousy is not the oh, so I know what it is, but it bothers me. Well, I know it bothers you. Tell you something we have to work on. If you tell me that the reason why I'm nasty to my neighbor is because I'm jealous of him, the point is not to go now and have a new term to talk to the therapist and say, I have a, I have a problem, I'm jealous of this person, I can't handle it. I go, well, if you're jealous of him, do what you're supposed to do when you're jealous of someone. And, and, and it's not easy. It's not easy to work on jealousy, it's not easy to work on anything. I've mentioned this in the past about the kids' books that I saw different ages, labels different ages, and the one about jealousy was, was labeled for a higher age than the one about uh, sharing or, or being careful and, and not uh, you know, hurting yourself. It's very hard to overcome jealousy. But the point of noticing that it is jealousy and admitting and, and acknowledging that, yes, I'm jealous of my spouse, is that I have to work on myself. I have to realize that he's not, he's not hurting me. I have to remember these things. I have to keep on internalizing that, you know, Hashem gave him qualities. And like I mentioned before, these, these are qualities. Let me see the quality in them. Maybe I'm benefiting really a lot from the fact that my husband is so popular and so social. Maybe it would be so hard for me to live with someone who's so introverted, doesn't have a social circle. And when I go to a simcha, he always makes a fuss about not... Um, coming along, he doesn't, he doesn't like talking to my father or my brother. No, maybe the fact that he's social and popular and outgoing and, and, and all that, maybe it's to my benefit. Now, it comes with a challenge, like what we started off with, like everything, like forgetfulness. It comes with a challenge, but I could appreciate the parts that are good and acknowledge that, yeah, I'm, I'm jealous from it, you know, I'm jealous of it, but, but I, I'm happy to forgive him because he's my husband and I benefit from his qualities. So that's just some, some food for thought. Now, another thing is that when you understand your husband's personal need for whether it's the social circle or for the need for accomplishment or the need for fulfillment or whatever it is, don't suppress it. Don't, don't fight it. When you fight these things, you're making them worse. You know? uh, and it doesn't sound like anyone's trying to fight it. I'm just mentioning. When you try to tell someone, like the first husband was complaining that his wife is trying to get him to stop being so involved, you're not accomplishing anything. You, you, you're, you're taking away someone's oxygen. Don't do it. Don't do it. What you could do is make sure that you're focusing on the parts that do pertain to you and where they do affect you and where, they, where it is within reason and talk about it in a respectful way. But that, that, that shouldn't be a contradiction. Don't, don't be resentful and don't mention all the resentment and, and use against someone something that's so natural to them and so, and so necessary for them. This is what they need. This is what they need. Just like a woman might have to dress nicely or feel good about their cooking and baking because it's what they need. And, and when the husband says, stop cooking and baking, just buy some food and... Doesn't feel good. This is what you need to do. This, this is what your husband needs. You have to understand it and, and appreciate it. Now again, it's not easy to tell someone, "Don't take it personal." It's not about you, but but that's what it is. And when you think about it, you no, know, I am taking it personal. It's hurting me, but it's not about me, and I shouldn't be taking it personal. And I'll try not to. This is this is work. It's 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 personal work. It's easier for me to tell a husband how to deal with his wife's feeling intimidated and jealous, and give him a lot of chizik. And it's harder to tell someone how to deal with their own feeling. Intimidated and jealous. And like I said before, it's not a husband and wife issue. It's the same thing with men, and same thing with women. And sometimes a man has to hear it, and sometimes a woman has to hear it, sometimes this one has to hear it about this area and that area. You know, it, it's, it's not easy to forgive. And sometimes it's hard, even when the person is very close to you and you care about them. But that's what, that's what the self-work is about. That's what self-growth is about. And similar to what I told your husband, quote-unquote, um, be part of it. Be part of it. Join him. Don't be intimidated from it. Now, I, and I hear this from in the light. I don't mean in an appropriate way of friends and couples and all that. I don't mean that at all. But sometimes you could, you could be involved in something your husband's busy with and sometimes you're fighting it. And sometimes even when you're not fighting it but you're not involved in it. Be involved. Show interest. 
help him out with it. Maybe you'll feel good. Maybe he'll feel good. Maybe he'll want to involve you even more. Maybe you'll feel more accomplished. Maybe you'll even start enjoying it. I don't know. And even if you don't, at least you feel connected. At least you feel connected. That's also um, important. There's another thing over here also about, and I, I know these things are hard. They, they are hard. And I don't mean to make them sound, uh, to trivialize these, these pieces of advice of self-work. It's, it's hard to work on yourself. But sometimes, women, and sometimes men, again, I keep on saying this, nobody should make the mistake. Sometimes women are too dependent on a spouse. Too dependent on a husband. There's there's unhealthy dependency where someone's leaning on the other person and then you know not feeling good when that person's not there to lean on. And then there's healthy interdependence where we need each other in a healthy level. Sometimes when somebody is too dependent, it makes the other person run away. When you lean on someone too much, it makes it makes it easier for them to go deal with other things where they're feeling better about themselves and feeling more relaxed and more accomplished and more appreciated than at home. Now, is that an answer? Does it mean that it's okay for a husband, for a young man to, to go do his own thing because those people appreciate me, you don't... No, you belong at home. But, but misses, make sure your husband feels appreciated and try not to lean on him too much that it should be too difficult for him and too stressful to be home. Whether it means by working hard to make friends, I know it's not easy for someone who's a loner or introverted to make friends, but, but maybe try and reach out to a sister, a sister-in-law, a neighbor, someone. Try to be less dependent. Try not to be there waiting for him by the door. And, and secondly, he walks in like almost jump on him emotionally, at least uh, the vibes. You know, like, uh, where were you? I needed you. And, uh, you know, he thinks twice before coming home. Another thing. When a husband walks home, and he's a busy person, he's on the phone all the time. There are people that will right away pounce on him and say, shut your phone, now you're home. Why are you picking up phones? And that often makes a person just stay in his car another 10 minutes to make phone calls. Or you could say, um, I love when we sit down to eat together and the phones are off. So if you don't mind, like the first few minutes after you come in, you take care of what you need, but then you can put it away. It's giving that flexibility and being nice to someone, an understanding of their need to be on the phone and to communicate and still ask nicely for them to understand you and give you your time and, 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 and the space. So that's, that's definitely... And in general, the less you complain and the less you quetch and the more polite you are about these things, again, it's all subconscious. Sometimes people don't realize how much they're quetching, but you know, the, the more you are aware of the fact that you're asking someone for something, you can ask it nicely without making them feel stupid or bad for the fact that they didn't do it on their own. These are all very helpful things. And the last thing is to remember, you're not less than anyone. You're not inferior. You're not inferior. You have your own qualities. I, I can start listing them, but I, I don't want to now. That's not my point. My point is not to, to be creative and show you what I can come up with. The point is for you to realize that your husband has certain qualities, and they're good, and you could benefit from them, and you don't have to fight them. And you have qualities, and he needs them, and he uses them, and you could use them. And you don't have to feel less than someone just because they're a little more popular or because on the outside it looks more glancedic or, or for whatever reason. You're not living in anyone's shadow. You're special. You should believe in yourself. You should be more confident about yourself. You can write down a hundred nice things about yourself. You can review them. You can thank Hashem for them. You can write down a hundred nice things about your husband. You can review them too. Feeling intimidated and less than and then, and then being upset at someone because I feel, I feel like I'm in his shadow. It's nothing to do with him. It's, it's your own misconception maybe. And I, I know it's, for some people it's not, it's not easy. I know it's not easy to be confident and have a healthy self-esteem. It doesn't just happen because I'm mentioning it now. But it's something to think about. When you're comfortable with yourself, you're less affected by, by, by comparisons and less affected by what other people are saying or doing to you. As long as it's within bounds and healthy and, and not, uh, you know, um, nobody's out there to hurt you, has a shulim. You know, so you're less affected by the, by the fact that someone's different than you and has different tastes than you and is involved in different things that don't involve you. So those are my short... Uh, uh, a few pieces of advice for people in such situations. Let's remember, this is something I was just discussing the other day with someone. He tells me, I'm not going to change my wife. 
I said, you're probably right. Can you tell me why you won't change her? He said, well, I don't know, because I tried so many times, it didn't happen, that's it. It's not going to happen. And that's not the reason you're not going to change her. The reason you're not going to change her is because you're giving up, because it's not working yet. You're not going to change her because you can change her. Because she's allowed to be different than you. And she's, she's going to be different than you. And, and you're not going to turn her into what you want. That's why. Reality means that we're different from each other. My, you might marry someone more popular than you, you might marry someone less popular than you. There are people that will be um, upset about the fact that my, my wife is such a loner, she doesn't have friends, and whenever I want to do something, she's never in the mood. And whenever I want to take a walk, she's always stuck on the couch. And people that are just the opposite, whenever I want to talk to my husband, he's always on the go. We're different than each other. You have to accept that. It starts with acceptance. It starts with accepting a person, even though they're different. It starts with accepting their, their personality, even though it's not what you want Starts with accepting the benefits and seeing the qualities and all that's there. And starts by being able to accept that there are parts of it that you won't appreciate, you might not like, and you could adapt to them and slowly make things easier. And I, yourself, we could appreciate each other, we could live together, and we should all have a good adventure. And the next year will be on Pasha's Barashas, I hope.